This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. I've never known any government to put the best interests of the people first, and this COVID-19 pandemic is no exception. Now, this isn't intended to be a debate over whether COVID-19 is a legitimate health crisis or a manufactured threat. Such crises can and are manipulated by governments in order to expand their powers. As such, it's possible for the virus to be both a genuine menace to public health and a menace to freedom. Yet we can't afford to overlook the fact that governments the world over, including the U.S. government, have unleashed untold horrors upon the world in the name of global conquest, the acquisition of greater wealth, scientific experimentation, and technological advances, all packaged in the guise of the greater good for we the people. While the U.S. government is currently looking into the possibility that the novel coronavirus spread from a Chinese laboratory rather than a market. The virus could just as easily have been created by the U.S. government or one of its allies. After all, grisly experiments, barbaric behavior, and inhumane conditions have become synonymous with the U.S. government, which has meted out untold horrors against us humans and animals alike. For instance, Did you know that the U.S. government has been buying hundreds of dogs and cats from Asian meat markets as part of a gruesome experiment into foodborne illnesses? The cannibalistic experiments involve killing cats and dogs purchased from Colombia, Brazil, Vietnam, Ethiopia, and believe it or not, China, and then feeding the dead remains to laboratory kittens bred in government laboratories for the express purpose of being infected with a a disease and then killed. Believe it or not, it gets more gruesome. The Department of Veteran Affairs has been removing parts of dogs' brains to see how it affects their breathing, applying electrodes to dogs' spinal cords before and after severing them to see how it impacts their cough reflexes and implanting pacemakers in dogs' hearts and then inducing them to have heart attacks before draining their blood All of the laboratory dogs are killed during the course of these experiments. A little scary, don't you think? It's not just animals that are being treated like lab rats by government agencies. We, the people, have also become the police state's guinea pigs to be caged, branded, experimented upon without our knowledge or consent, and then conveniently discarded and left to suffer from the after effects. Indeed, you don't have to dig very deep or go very back in the nation's histories to uncover numerous cases in which the government deliberately conducted secret experiments on an unsuspecting populace, citizens, non-citizens alike, making healthy people sick by spraying them with chemicals, injecting them with infectious diseases, and exposing them to airborne toxins. These incidents are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the atrocities the government has inflicted on an unsuspecting populace in the name of secret experimentation. For example, there was the U.S. military's secret race-based testing of mustard gas on more than 60,000 enlisted men during World War II. And then there was the CIA's MKUltra program in which hundreds of unsuspected American civilians and military personnel were secretly dosed with LSD. 
The more things change, the more they stay the same. Case in point. Back in 2016, just a few years ago, it was announced that scientists working for the Department of Homeland Security would begin releasing various gases and particles on crowded subway platforms as part of an experiment aimed at testing bioterror airflow in New York subways. The government insisted that the gases were non-toxic and did not pose a health risk. Do you believe them? Mind you, this is the same government that in 1949 sprayed bacteria into the Pentagon's air handling system, then the world's largest office building. In 1950, special ops forces sprayed bacteria from Navy ships off the coast of Norfolk and San Francisco, in the latter case exposing all the city's 800,000 residences to the disease. In 1965, the government's experiments in bioterror took aim at Washington's National Airport, followed by a 1966 experiment in which Army scientists exposed a million subway New York passengers to airborne bacteria that causes food poisoning. This is also the same government that has taken every bit of technology sold to us as being in our best interest and greater good, such as GPS devices, surveillance, non-lethal weapons, and so on, and used it against us to track, control, and trap us. So the question remains, why is the government doing this? The answer is always the same. Money, power, total domination, and control of we the people. It's the same answer no matter which totalitarian regime is in power. The horrors being meted out against the American people can be traced back in a direct line to the horrors meted out in Nazi laboratories. According to the New York Times, in the decades after World War II, the U.S. aggressively recruited at least a thousand Nazis, including some of Hitler's highest henchmen, and brought them into America. All told, thousands of Nazi collaborators, including the head of a Nazi concentration camp, among others, were given secret visas, brought to America by way of Project Paperclip, and then camouflaged to ensure that their true identities and ties to Hitler's Holocaust machine would remain unknown. Clearly, this is not a government that has our best interest at heart. To the architects of the American police state, we the people are merely the means to an end. This is how the government can justify treating us like lab rats to be experimented upon and discarded when we've outgrown our usefulness to them. In this way, we the people who think, who reason, who take a stand, who resist, who demand to be treated with dignity and care, who believe in freedom and justice for all, have become obsolete, undervalued citizens of a totalitarian state that in the words of Rod Serling, and I'm quoting here, has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. And since we are all Romney Wordsworth, the condemned man in Serling's Twilight Zone episode, The Obsolete Man. The obsolete man speaks to the dangers of a government that views people as expendable once they have outgrown their usefulness to the government. Yet, and here's the kicker, this is where the government, through its monstrous inhumanity, also becomes obsolete. As Serling noted in his original script, for the obsolete man, and I'm quoting, any state, any entity, any ideology which fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. Folks, I agree. How do you defeat a monster? As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, you start by recognizing the monster for what it is and then take action. 
The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford Press Alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.